0: It's HealthWise with Dr. Rajabans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Good morning, Dr. Rajabans. Good morning. And some great news. It looks like four out of five Malaysian kids with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, ALL, a childhood cancer, can be cured. Their chances have improved dramatically over the past four decades. This achievement from a rate of approximately 40% 30 years ago is largely due to collaborative research, development, and multi-agent treatment protocols, better lab tests also overall improvement in supportive care i think this is wonderful news but would you know the similar type of treatments work for adults
1: yeah i think this is the thing is now they are able to you know do a lot of new sort of tests where they can do your sort of genetic variants you have and then they can use a lot of targeted therapies that means the therapies are more targeted towards the you know treatments that will work for this sort of gene variants and this sort of disease Mm -hmm. and I think the same thing is happening in adults so I think better and better they call it RNA sequencing that is coming out to look at uh, the variants you have and from there they can actually see what is the best sort of therapies uh, that are coming up so we are calling this biologics or targeted therapy immunotherapies This all the new words that we are using and it is actually very exciting For a long time, cancer, there was nothing much they thought was improving. But recently, the last 5 to 10 years, a lot of these new immunotherapies are coming, targeted therapies are coming, where gene testing is helping to know whether which drugs will work. And I think this is only going to get better and better. And at this rate, I hope cancer can be, you know, something curable in the future.
0: Definitely. Um, What can expecting parents do to maybe reduce chances of um, leukemia for their children? I mean, I don't even know if this is avoidable.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it's uh, something, you know, variants you have, I suppose, again, you know, avoiding toxins while you're pregnant, uh, you know, may taking a healthy diet, and of course, when the child is born, making sure that they are not, you know, exposed to too much of toxins or chemicals. Mm-hmm. And These are some of the things you can hope that will then prevent, uh, you know, someone from triggering off a cancer.
0: All right. Well, coming up next, it's ADHD Awareness Month. Um, how can diets help with those with ADHD? Well, Dr. Rajban's dresses at next after Mike learns to rock you took my heart away on light on healthwise we've got Dr. Rajbans president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. October is ADHD awareness month and ADHD is uh, attention deficient hyperactive disorder. It's a behavioral disorder that typically manifests as a persistent pattern of inattention and hyperactivity impulsivity and um, I guess the question here is uh, you know though it's unclear what actually is the cause of ADHD how can diets help for those with
1: ADHD. Yeah, I mean, here is someone who is very hyperactive, you know, uh, and they got what they call uh, attention deficit, you know, they just uh, can't concentrate long and, you know, here's a child who runs around very active and uh, one of the things they told us whether giving them too much of foods that are high in energy, you know, giving them too much of sugar fruits, for example, Mm -hmm. can actually make it worse. That was one of the theories they had. But just to be careful here, sometimes just carefully don't over-diagnose because at one time people are over-diagnosing ADHD, you know, some some hyperactive kids who just get bored in school who don't like the you know mm-hmm. uh, you know so and uh, you know so you people like uh, Edison and Einstein were labeled as uh, you know people who are stupid because they were not paying attention in school because they just that was too boring for them right. You know, so you have to be careful that we don't over label someone who is attention deficit or someone who is hyperactive just because they are uh, you know yeah. uh, active child so you must make sure that the diagnosis is correct because sometimes they do end up breaking medication so there must be diagnosed correctly mm-hmm. before we just some say someone got age you know uh, hyperactive disorder but suppose your food is concerned go back to a healthy diet avoid too much of sugary foods that are high energy
0: yeah and carbs I guess you know Yeah, carbs are foods. the main ones
1: like, you worry about Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay um, is there anything an expecting mother can do to reduce uh, the chances of ADHD
1: I mean one of the risk factors they talked about was you know um, uh, pregnant moms uh, having or been on alcohol or drugs and things like that Mm. I suppose there are other toxins that probably can do that so again when you're expecting avoid anything that can be toxic to the baby
0: all right coming up next is red meat truly unhealthy well new studies show that maybe red meat is not after all we uh, will definitely take a look at that uh, study next after Shanice I love your smile on light on Healthwise, we've got Dr. Rajbans here with us, and uh, if you have been cutting back on red meat because you feel it's unhealthy, well, that is the standard medical advice to prevent cancer and heart disease. But a review of uh, dozens of studies has concluded that the potential risk is low and evidence is uncertain. That's interesting, isn't it, Dr. Rajbans?
1: Yeah, I don't know because uh, if you look at the people who live in the blue zones, you know the the longevity areas in the world, uh, I think a lot of them have. Very low consumption of red meat, so from there I think we can postulate that you know red meat may not be the best thing for longevity. Yeah. And then of course there was uh, studies that show that red meat can increase the risk of certain cancers. So that's the other thing. But I think more worrying red meat is just not the red meat it's the way the meat is prepared. You know, mm-hmm. preserved meat, meat a lot of preservatives, a lot of chemicals. The way they cook it, you know, a yeah. of uh, all the antibiotics, uh,
0: antibiotics they give antibiotics, the animals. Yeah,
1: so I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, if you can get just uh, organic, fat free. Uh, you know, so red meat you want to take once in a while. I don't think so that should be an issue. because okay. one of the things like the Okinawans do is they do take. You know, for example, pork is one of their, in their diet, in their mm-hmm. diet. They don't take a lot, but they do take. So so I think it's, again, the amount you take and, you know, the yeah. the type and uh, how often. So uh, have a variety of uh, foods. Of course, plant-based diets are still the best. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things, of course, people say is you need the protein and the iron. And I think that can be got from many other sources. Yeah. You know, protein, iron. Even from vegetables, you can get iron and okay, protein. So too.
0: if you were a vegetarian, for, for example, uh, where would you get your iron from? I mean, what vegetables well, would?
1: Popeye, the seller told us what to do, you know, <laughs> just take a, a spinach, <laughs> spinach and you've got enough right. iron. And, uh, I think a variety of vegetables will give you all the amino acids, you know, so, you know, so mm-hmm. I think that shouldn't be an issue.
0: So how often would you recommend actually consuming red meat for those who want to continue consuming it?
1: I suppose once or twice a week, if you, mm-hmm. you're taking one portion or two portions a week, shouldn't be an issue. Those that take every day and take a lot, I think that's where the issue
0: is. Okay. Well, another issue that we find quite prevalent and pervasive in Asia are those skin lightening creams. And uh, the latest study is to avoid them at all costs. We'll be taking a look at that. After Matthew Wilder, Break My Stride on Light. On HealthWise this morning, Dr. Rajban's president of the Malaysian Wellness Society and on BBC Health. They're warning us not to by trading standard officers. A lot of these uh, skin lightening, skin whitening creams actually contain bleaching agents that act like paint stripper, which is quite alarming, really. And especially in our Asian culture, skin whitening products are very dominant on the market. What should we watch out for ingredient-wise when it comes to these creams?
1: I think you be very careful. One is the salt source of where the creams come from and uh, the second is what they contain and I think if you're getting any cream make sure it's from a very reputable skin manufacturer care, yeah, yeah skincare product and uh, you read the label carefully to see what is inside there because a lot of this like they you know, bleaching agents and other chemicals mm-hmm. are actually very toxic so instead of getting you might get a bit more fairer but you might create a lot of other toxins going into your body it can yes. cause a lot of other issues
0: yes in fact the bleaching agent hydroquinone I think that's how it's pronounced um, and and also mercury are kind of included in these creams. And uh, What does mercury do? Why, do? why would they need to add that in creams? I
1: suppose that's how it whitens the skin. <laughs> but, uh, you know, mercury is a it's metal. A poison, you know, it's yes. a poison, yeah. And uh, even a little bit of mercury can cause a lot of uh, symptoms in people, you know, from headaches to even up to neurological issues. So mm-hmm. I, I think if possible yeah make sure where you get it from and if possible stop it you know yeah because the the
0: skin that you're born in is as perfect as it is that's right all right well coming up there's a revolutionary new drug for prostate cancer and we want to know more about that with dr rajbans next here on light on HealthWise this morning, Dr. Rajbans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Now, Olaparib could become a revolutionary treatment for prostate cancer. It's the first genetically targeted drug for fighting the disease, say, experts. And in fact, the NHS in the UK are already using it for ovarian cancer and has been called a game changer by cancer doctors. It shows that it can slow tumor growth in men with advanced prostate cancer, though not all. Um, your thoughts on this, Dr. Rajbans?
1: Yeah. I mean, this again part of the new targeted therapies. You know, where today we are looking at uh, when someone gets a cancer, they look at actually look at the genetics uh, behind it, you know, look at the genetic variants and then see which uh, therapy will work. And if you have the variants, certain targeted therapies will do very well. I think breast cancer is one that has been really in advance in looking at all these and treatment is really getting better. Soon, other cancers now, prostate, ovarian. So, I think this is the way it's going. Uh, the new targeted therapies, immunotherapies, have are coming looking at your gene sequencing so Mm -hmm. uh, and it's going to get better and better i think this is just the beginning of a new wave of treatments uh, you know for all this and i think in malaysia we are already going into all this type of uh, therapies and technologies yeah yeah. so i think it's going to be very exciting Uh, that's one good thing where if you have a disease like cancer you know go and see your doctor go and see an oncologist and they will know what's the best for you
0: yes um this particular drug olapari is it safe because it's been used for ovarian cancer
1: yeah, I mean, none of these drugs have their uh, fully safe. You know, I mean, they have all of them will have their issues, the toxicity. That's why you must right. be monitored by someone qualified, and not just anybody can give these medications. Mm-hmm. So your doctor will know what sort of dosages. He will know what sort of side effects that might be there, so he can warn you, and uh, then they will know exactly what to do if there is any issues.
0: All right. Well, Dr. Rajbans, it's been enlightening. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. And that was Dr. Rajbans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society.